Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. What a day. What a day it has been. Started out in... Avon, Connecticut, me and the family, and an overworked, stressed out, completely balls to the wall, Alice Shattuck. Then went on the radio, and Alice came on the radio, WTIC, for an hour. I think that that's up there, I think, somewhere. By the way, Alice, you'll be happy to know that Connecticut uh, Proud Boys have reached out to me. They're appreciative. Oh, wonderful. Appreciative of the. Are you joining? Maybe I will. Maybe I will. If I get a t shirt, I will. And um, so, and then Alice was stuck back at work. We switched cars. I threw all the kids in the car. I drove back here to Mass and Massachusetts, and Alice is winding her way back. Are you still in Connecticut or Massachusetts? Oh, no. I'm about to get on 495 North. Oh, there you go. So, I'm like, Where, I'm like an in, hour away. Down in uh, Groton. So, okay, yeah. So, way down there. Yeah, it had me do the same thing. So, I wanted to run something by you. You and I got to listen to very different podcasts on the way home. I listened to the commentary podcast because I couldn't listen to the Minihand podcast because the kids are in the car and who knows what they're going to say. Exactly. Uh, right. And so so I listened to the commentary podcast and Jim Meggs was on it. I thought this was interesting because today I talked to Sean Maloney, who we've had on before, Um about all the the war going on, and we talked about the the war on the ground, the mechanized stuff that's happening in Ukraine, et cetera. And then a couple of weeks, or sorry, last week, I talked to a guy um, about uh, cyber attacks, et cetera. But then Jim Meggs today in the commentary podcast brought in something interesting, just what the fallout would be, some of the fallout would be if there were a successful cyber attack on like our infrastructure. So, and, and there have okay. been, there's successful cyber attacks all the time of one site sort or another, usually small. There's, um, there are uh, ransomware attacks and there's 
Um, what's that other thing when they when they take the town's website away and demand that they get payment, or is that ransomware? No, it's not ransomware. That's was, ransomware. Yeah. Okay. That's ransomware. So. So anyway, Jim makes talked a little bit about. I'm fascinated with this because I think it's going to happen and nobody's going to be ready. But he talked about what exactly it looks like when, when it, or would look like if there were a cyber attack. And now, since Putin is seeming to be flailing a little bit in Ukraine, he would just put him in a position to say, you know, re, to release the hounds and try to go after infrastructure, including our infrastructure. And this is what Jim Meggs had to say. The, the worries about nuclear war keep popping up, but and that's a genuine worry, but a much more likely and I think equally worrisome threat is some kind of cyber war that would succeed in not just hitting a particular industry, uh, but actually uh, kind of taking some major chunks of our infrastructure offline. If you could take down big parts of our power grid, disable a few natural gas pipelines, screw up major chunks of the internet, in combination, those things could be almost like a nuclear attack. You know, we've all been through blackouts at last a few days, but usually over pretty small regions. Imagine a blackout affecting most of the country that lasted three weeks, you know? Okay, and first couple of days, we'd all, you know, grab the flashlights and the candles. The stores would run out of food in probably three or four days. It wouldn't take very long before even deliveries of food and fuel to stop because the the trucks wouldn't be able to buy diesel fuel, especially if you disable the banking system. If, you, if your credit card doesn't work, your ATM doesn't work, how does a truck driver get that food from California to the East Coast? So you can see how these different infrastructure threats could overlap and, and exacerbate each other. So after 10 days, you know, there's no food, People are roaming the streets looking for something to loot, and there's really nothing left. It's it's really they a genuine, yeah, kind of a Cormac McCarthy um, right. post, you know, apocalyptic scene. He really, in a couple of weeks, things could get unimaginably horrible. So I have a so, question for you, having yeah. not read your. So that's interesting, because what if there mm-hmm. were a cyber attack, and everything stopped? Everything. First of all, I have a question for you that you might know. Can you still text if the power's out? Well, I can't. You can't charge your phone for. Well, if you use your car, you can charge your phone. So, can can you still text? Is data? I mean, it depends too. I mean, like, don't the towers need power? Right. Okay. I mean, so I guess if you lose power, you can still text and stuff. I would imagine that the things like that have like backup generators and stuff. Like, I don't really know. I'm spitballing here, but. Um, that I would guess they have some kind of backup generators or something, mm-hmm. but it's also possible that those could, you know, if they run on fuel or something and it becomes impossible to get fuel, like, I don't know, but I would think that to send out a cell signal, you need some way of getting power, right? I would think so, but I guess if all the power is out, then you're screwed. And so there's no, there's no radio waves happening. There's no radio on. I mean... How the hell would the world know? Where would you go to get the information that this has happened? 
How would you I know? mean, I guess you're... I guess, what is it, is civil service? Well, the, you know the, it happened because it happened to you, too. I mean, no, like... I know you know the power is out, but you don't know why, yeah. and you have no idea why. You don't know if this is your, your your local utility person screwing up and it'll be on in 35 minutes. You have no idea. How do you find out? Is it the... Is it the National Guard? If we, if the governor can call the National Guard or, or whatever, and do they go and go with loudspeakers down the street to tell you, hey, guess what? Is that what happens? Do the the, the, the people start waving people over at town halls? Uh, like, how does information get disseminated? I mean, yeah, I would guess some of those things, yeah. But we don't know because we haven't... Done any of yeah, this I don't stuff. think we have a plan in place for that. I don't think. I mean, maybe they drop leaflets, right? Like maybe so, someone could. Maybe the military would have some way to fly a plane and drop leaflets. I guess so, but I mean, couldn't they also just hand out leaflets? Well, but that's much harder to hit a big area and to organize all the people to do it, right? Like. The, the census, taking the census is a huge undertaking, and most of those people have power when they're, like, signing up to be census workers to go door-to-door. There's not really that level of national organization in the United States to, like, do that without without a pre-existing method of communication. Hmm. The strength of, like, the dropping leaflets is if you have, like, the military and they're already, like, in the barracks and you... <laughs> their commanding officer can reach them without needing to call them up on the phone, then then they can, like, make them take action right there. But, yeah, like, I don't know. I don't think there's a plan for that. I think all you can do is just, I mean, and that's why I'm, like, a have-stuff-in-the-basement person, right? Like, not even, I don't even necessarily consider that prepping per se, but just have some fresh water in the basement. Have some like rice and pasta and tuna fish and beans and stuff in the basement. But with like, rice and it's pasta, not that still, expensive with, to have, and it's okay, like, well, rice and what's pa- the worst rice, thing that can happen? What rice and pasta require you to boil it? And is there any guarantee stoves are working? Ours wouldn't work. Ours no, not necessarily. Although you have work? a no, you have. Um, there's ways to boil water, though. I mean, like... There is? Well, like, fire. Sure, that's right. So if we've got a enough... A grill and if we've other got enough, things. If we've but, got I mean, a, like, I have, like, okay. canned goods, too, you know? If we have enough propane, then we can boil water. Or I guess if we had to build fires, we could boil water, and you know? But, I, you know... I just think that you, there is an advantage to being the first of the first world countries. There's also a disadvantage. We are so far removed from having seen the bleep that we don't know anything. What do you do suddenly when there are no answers? Right now, there are all the answers in an iPhone. Once the iPhones go out, once the iPhones die, all the answers go away. All the knowledge goes away. The time goes away. Unless you remember f- from using... Having lived in a lifestyle that's from 1900, how to manage all this stuff? Yeah, and most people don't. I mean, yeah, that's just... 
So then there's when there's a run on food, like they were saying, you loot food and then there's no more left in the stores. And then what do you do? You better learn to hunt real quick. I guess, do you loot, do people loot gun stores? Is that what they do? I mean, I think a lot of what the left likes to call vulnerable people uh, die, honestly. Yeah, I guess so. I guess that would be something that would happen. Um, but uh, I don't know. It just, it's, I just think it's fascinating. One of these fascinating things to talk about, to think about. Like, what would, what would you do? You, who has the wherewithal to do anything? Wow, that's the time to have a gun, huh? Yeah, right. I know. Yeah, but I mean, like, you can only, you can. I think having stuff that makes you able to make a fire. I think that having. Um, you know, some food supplies and some water enough to last you a couple weeks. Like they say, like a gallon a day per person in the household. And you know that that that's like something you can do to stay and like always have batteries and stuff like that. Like but it, you know that. I don't think it would be a forever risk. That's why I say, like, I wouldn't even really consider that prepping. It's not like you're waiting for the apocalypse to happen. It's like you're waiting for one of these sort of mid-range apocalyptic events, right, to happen. It's like you're preparing for the idea, not of, like, the end of the world, but of a smallish disaster that could result. I mean, but that's true even, like... In some natural disasters, like, there are some hurricanes and tornadoes that, like, wipe stuff out for a while, usually regionally. But, you know, I, I think it's, like, never a bad idea to have, like, a couple weeks' worth of food and water in your basement just because. Hmm. <sighs> That's my opinion. Plus, we have chickens. But what, what, what I think now, but the element of this that we don't... Yeah, we do have chickens. That's right. That's right. Oh, man. Don't be one of our chickens. The, the the idea... Well, they also lay eggs, right. goofball. Well, here's a... You don't have to eat that. You don't have to go right to eating them. I they want, produce eggs. I want chicken thighs. I'm, I, want, I want to eat all the chickens in one sitting. I think you'll be disappointed. The chickens, the backyard chickens, they're like not like the chicken that you buy at the grocery store. That's all big and fatty because those are raised on all Pumped these like, hormones. steroids. So, uh, so, okay... But the, the other thing they think that would be amazing is if all the power goes out and suddenly there's no internet, no nothing, we would have we will have gone from ha- from having total network connectivity to every person, almost every person on earth, certainly every person in the United States, to suddenly having none, none. Right. So you're unable to talk. You just had the ear of 5 million people to let them know Mr. Boots after 11 years a part of your family has died on Facebook something of that that import now you've got the world is upside down there's no more power we've been cyber attacked and that you can't talk to anybody about no commiserating no making memes no trying to have fun with it like we made cute masks and little you know change we wouldn't even be able to put out the burn barrel that's true. Yeah, that is true. For the first time, the Burn Barrel podcast would go dark. Yeah, as a podcast, we could certainly perform it live, I guess. 
what, in the yard for people? Yes. <laughs> Playing over our listeners? Hear ye, hear ye. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, so... The Analog Podcast. Here's a, a... Speaking of the end of days, Katie Pavlich today earlier tweeted, currently watching three flight attendants citing the federal mandate harass a family with a toddler and a crying 15-month-old child because the toddler's having trouble wearing a mask. It's blood boiling. They just handed the dad a, quote, final notice sheet. (laughs) It's interesting. I wonder if a lot of this crap is happening on airlines because there's always tension between flight attendants and passengers. Oh, yeah. And I think it's been worse since the pandemic just because everybody's like more wound up in general. So like and and it's such a small space. Everybody's like cramped in there together. There's a very like complex layering of tensions because the passengers are in some ways pitted against each other because everybody's at the mercy of one bad passenger to like throw off their entire day for everybody. Right. One person can screw up the flight and delay it. It happened to me in Nashville, actually. They had to remove a rowdy, drunk young woman from the plane who was singing before we left. Mm. And, yeah, I mean, like, it's not that I don't hold anything against rowdy, drunk people necessarily in general, but... I don't like when rowdy drunk people cause me to get home a half an hour later after a very long day at like one in the morning, you know? It's just, it's, it's craziness and it's abuse for a reason. Like, so for today, if people don't know, people don't know today, somebody called the cops on us. I mean, Alice, not for the first time, of course. But this time, because supposedly, our, did we even verify? How do we know somebody really called well, the cops? They, they did anybody see a to cop? Call the cops. The, this they said they called the producer of the show. Alice had come and we put had to keep Pepper in the car while Alice and the kids came into the studio. It was fifty eight degrees today and not hot, and the car was fine and the dog was fine. But somebody who, by the way, parked. And she had food and water and everything. Somebody who parked a foot and a half away from your car. Did you notice how close they were parked? No, I didn't know So that. somebody parks way too close to the car, sees the dog in the car, and decides that they're going to call the police unless something is done. So they harangue our producer, somehow got his phone and said, okay, well, you know, the cops are on the way, the police are on the way right now. Right now they're coming. So I see the dog in the car. Right now they're coming. Right now they're coming. So that's the same thing as the, the airline thing with going after people. Oh, my goodness. I have an excuse to not only condemn somebody's bad behavior, but do a really good thing and show everybody how great I am. And I can stick it to them. Now, is the dog hot? No, but I mean, the dog's in the car and the windows. Those are the things. It doesn't matter, of course, that the masks don't work and that the car's not hot. It's the dogs in the car. I don't even understand the dog in the car thing. I don't understand when that became a universal, like, anytime a dog is alone in a car, like, any action is justified. I know. Like, the windows, like, break open the car, save the dog. Like, I don't know. If you want to adopt Pepper out of my bad dog ownership, I guess, like, go for it. You can have her. But, like, I don't understand why in in totally moderate temperatures, a dog with food and water in a car that's not hot 
for a relatively short amount of time is like an I issue. I don't, call I don't up. get what's I bad had, about I it. I had a caller call up and say that they would have broken the car window if they saw it and taken the dog out. Why? I, I don't mean, get what it. Rescue it from what, though? Well, like, I, I legitimately it, don't really understand. It's about what... an icky feeling because it's not helping anything. It's not doing anything. It's not a hot. I know cars get hot. We know cars get hot. But that same car is going to be driving down the street and did for two and a half hours with kids in it today. Right. And it was fine because it was not hot. This, oh my goodness, are you thinking I got harangued a few years ago by somebody who was mad that in winter the dog was in a car without the windows open because there wasn't oxygen in there, I was told. Like I told, I've told you before that 15 years ago or so, a friend and I uh, had our greyhound in the car and in the back and we went into a restaurant for lunch, but, um, but it was boiling hot out. So I thought, there's no way I could just leave the Greyhound in the car like this. So I kept the car on and had the AC on and the windows up. The AC was blasting in there so the dog would be cool because it was a hot day. Me and my friend sit down and a woman comes uh, into the restaurant and says, whoever's car that is with the dog, you better open the windows right now, right now, or else I'm calling the police right now. And I get up and said, that's my dog. The car windows are up. Because I have the AC on, and I want to cool the car. I want to make sure it's cool for the, the Greyhound in there to be fine. This is Sky the Greyhound. She said, no, that, you open those car windows right now for that dog. Open the car windows right now for that dog. And I said, if I open the car windows, hot air is going to flood into the car and kill the Greyhound. She said, you better open the windows right now for the car or for the dog, or else I'm calling the cops. Five minutes later, in come the cops. <laughs> Did I not tell you about this? You did. Right. Come it's the so cops. funny. And, and I have to go out there and show the officer what I'm doing. And he said, oh, yeah, I see. It makes sense. Absolutely. She would have had, rather had me had the car windows down and the dog dead because it's a symbolism of it, of it's just wrong. Car windows, dog in car, trapped, trapped, in, incarcerated and solitary there to die. And so, even though there is no existential problem with the dog, in fact, her solution would have been a problem and threatened the dog, just like, uh, just like there was no problem with the dog today. What you need to the problem with the, the what you need when you have a problem with a, a dog in a hot car is a hot car, and there was not a hot car today. <laughs> but still, no, it's the thing you can't. Uh, there needs uh, to be like a temperature limit on these things for when the police don't get involved. Like it needs to be like over 70 degrees or something before anybody should even be allowed to say anything. Cause it's nuts. Like I don't understand. I, I don't know. It's, I guess it is like the mask thing. Masks. Good. Doesn't matter what else. I don't get masks. Good. Dogging car. Bad. Like it, the circumstances or any common sense just flies completely out of the window. Like there's no, so anyway, then Pepper the Fox Island came into the radio station. So, right, problem but, solved. Right, but it's good to have you on the air, Alice. Your first time in an actual radio studio. What did you think? It was fun. I don't like having to stop all the time, though. I get on a roll, and I want to keep talking. Right, you stop for breaks. You mean commercial breaks, or because of the? Yeah. Right. Well, I know what you mean. But so like I spent more time stopped than not than talking. Yeah, yeah, it's... <laughs> I would have liked to talk to Tim more. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, I know. I sent him uh, 
a nice note. Yeah, I know. I know. The, the problem is, you know, it's a news wheel. So it, it's, what are you going to do? It's an AM station. It's a news wheel. So a whole, there are big, I understand. Big, I understand. In news, you know, that's, they sell commercials. So that is that. Uh, but in the podcast world, Alice, giving the background here, I've queued this up. I've not listened to this. Um, two people I know, Howie, who I know pretty well, Howie Carr, and uh, Kirk Minahan, who I know, you know, reasonably from adjacent point of view, but we've talked a few times. Um, Kirk called Howie during his podcast today, and why did that happen? So, um, I guess on Howie's show, he had on Chris Sununu. I haven't listened to that because I, I don't know if uh, Sununu like called in or what happened. Um, but Sununu had been in Washington at some roast event, I guess, and Jeff Zucker was there and other like Democrat, DC hobnobby type people, right? And and it was some roast, and he roasted Trump and called him effing crazy and whatever, and said, I guess, what how we felt were negative things about Trump and about Republicans for this audience of mostly Democrats. And so he was, like, grilling Sununu about it. And, uh, it, and, and on Kirk's show, they took issue with it because it's, like, so over the top, this, like, this sort of outrage about him just doing a roast and telling jokes, which is like a normal thing. And like, why is he so upset about it? And it's seen as like this betrayal of Trump. Right. And he's saying like, how many drinks did you have while you were there? It's obviously something that was buzzing around the conservative media verse. Right. Is that mm -hmm. people were upset that Nunu did this. Right. So how he was like, you know, going by what he was hearing out there, that people were upset about this. And he really like, Dumped his outrage on Sununu in full force. So I have seen, but then, I yeah, have so witnessed then, how he do this on a couple of occasions when somebody turns against essentially the the team. He did the same thing with Romney, right. and it has had him on the phone. He yelled at little Alice Shattuck about seven years ago when he thought you were one of Charlie That's Baker's true. people. He's yelled at uh, Baker, obviously. These people fall out of favor with him, and they are apostates once they do it. And so, and, and Sununu is somebody, and Howie just has no countenance. He cannot countenance. He doesn't. He just tears into these people and beats them up. Um, and has Yeah, but I think, and I think that Kirk Manahandra is right in a sense that I think that uh, maybe like, for it, it comes across as a little absurd when you're asking him like how many drinks he had at the event and stuff, you know? Uh, okay, maybe, but like it but seems it's like also... the outrage is maybe like a little ridiculous for I, I the mean, for I... the level of the infraction, right? Maybe it's ridiculous, but it's also good radio, uh, and also Sununu kind of needs Howie, and I, I mean, I've I like Sununu, um, and and we'll and you know we'll see but, but i haven't listened to the howie thing but i but i've heard him dress down people and how he doesn't when he's decided that you're to be terminated there in the studio he terminates you remember when he had doctor your your buddy doctor um what's his name shiva shiva how he yeah, eviscerated he him. yep he killed him right there which is kind of how how he works and uh mm -hmm. and you know he's he's there's a there's an old tough journalist 
columnist guy in Howie, and he's not he's Howie Howie's fearless. So so anyway, I want to hear this call because it's weird. It's interesting to see that that Kirk is going to call Howie Carr out on this. Uh, and mm-hmm. so hang on, let me find it here. Where is it? And here? actually, Colin ain't really in on the action too. Okay, and there, I think there may be some a little bit of bad blood between Cullinane and the the car industry. I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I, I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm friends with them all, all right. so I'm I, I'm I'm happy. Me either, because I text him. But Steve, because Steve did send him Matt Walsh's number, and yep. I text him back, and he's like, "Yeah, I got it. Thanks." I'm like, "Oh, oh ah. like, you can't be sensitive about this." We gave you, you know how much views you got in that thing yesterday oh, because of us. Right. Oh, a oh, lot oh, more oh. people, I think, are ordering. It's a joke. He, the joke was basically that, like. Trump belongs in it. Well, he explains it. He does. He's not okay. crazy. I don't care. <laughs> I it's I, funny. Sorry, I like, thought you know, I had I don't think that's funny. Right. You're, you know, my grandkids will not be famous. Roast of him. I think we had. Head of CNN was sitting five. What the? F- like, I mean, well, is he sorry, guy, right? Oh my God! I, I, I thought I had it. I thought you took it up. I thought I had it all. He literally did a roast. Chris, you know what? But it's all like I don't even understand what he's talking about. God damn it! Jesus Christ! So mighty. Uh, okay, so I have it. You know what? That's the podcast page. That's why it's not queued up. It's queued up in iTunes. So now I apologize for uh, that. I can probably just erase that. I'll keep it in. Yeah, you can cut it. Whatever you okay. want to do, honey. Thank you. Here we go. He's not in the same room. Can you make fun of him on this call? We're gonna. Well, we'll find out. We're talking to him. I okay. Don't know. Does that count? And I like Howie. Like I, he's always been good to me. Like I've had him on the podcast a couple of times. I like his books. He was good on there. Howie Carr. Hey Howie, it's Kirk Minahan. Howie. Yes. Hi, you're live to tape. It's Kirk Minahan. How are you? Hey Kirk, what's happening? I, no, no, so we're, we're we're playing some on, on my podcast. We're playing some sound of you. You've always been great to me, by the way. You know, enjoyed your books. But you interviewing Sununu yesterday. You sounded insane. Like, why are you so worked up about this? I just, uh, you, you know, it just bugged me that he's seeking strange new respect from Democrats. I get that, but like, but like, you're like, you know, like, 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 I, you know, but he called Trump crazy. Like, is that that big of a deal? Like, really? Well, it's just what he's saying is just uh, dumping on him, uh, you know, in front of all these Democrats. And, so you, oh, and, you so know, Politico, Politico made it a big deal. Like, he's just saying what everybody thinks privately at D.C. So your bigger issue is more like sort of like the Mitt Romney thing that he's kind of tr- yeah, he's exactly. waving. He's Trying waving. He's waving to The New York Times and saying, love me. Right. So your issue isn't so much with the So your issue is so much with the joke. It's like you don't you don't care about the joke or am I wrong? No, I don't care. You know, I don't care. It's it's where he's doing it, and he's sucking up to people who hate his guts. And he he couldn't name. Did you hear? He couldn't name a single Republican that was there. Were there it was oh. like a minstrel show. It, I, that's why I said afterwards. It was <laughs> yeah, but, like a minstrel show. But I guess my point is a, like minstrel. But my point is what? like, but but so what though? Like, so he goes and tells a couple of jokes and leaves. Like, I mean, you I mean, you were interviewing him like you know, like he was on trial. Like, it seemed like you were very worked up about. <laughs> were you drinking? Yeah, you, like seven questions about him drinking or not. How you seem very worked up about this. Because people were talking about whether he was drinking. So, you yeah. know, I'm just reacting to people texting. That's all. All right. Well, I appreciate you talking. How is everything going with you career-wise? You're still rolling along. Good. Huh? Good. Yeah. I, I thought you were gone. You mean gone? I've been doing a podcast for years. I, I mean, I thought you quit, though. No, you know me. I always could be. You know, once I got rid of that Steve Robinson, everything got better, you know? So you're not, you haven't quit? No, I have not. No, no. I'm still working right now. But, you, you know, I, 
I don't know how you, your contract running out. No, no, no. I, 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 you got a new contract? No, no, I, re- I resigned a year ago, and I'm not drinking, by the way. So you don't have to ask that question. <laughs> I, I'm not drinking. <laughs> but but the uh, I, like I don't know how you do it every like your your work ethic. I've told you this before. I don't know how you do it every day. Like you can go do a show today. You'll write. I don't, I don't know how you do it. It's mystifying to me. I got nothing else to do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But and by the way, if somebody makes a product in America, like Mike Lindell, like you can still make fun of it, right? Like the Boston Globe's made in America. Yeah, but you know the thing is, he, he's 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 playing into cliches. He's doing he's he's running a, a Republican minstrel shows for his Democrat master. No, I get I, so he's I see what, on the plantation. Well, I see what you're saying, and I didn't know like yeah. You, so what you're saying is sort of this thing where they become, and I think Mitt Romney's the easy example where they sort of they they like the fact that. Uh, uh, you know, whoever Maureen, Maureen, strange new respect. Yeah, Maureen Dowd writes, a, writes a, Maureen Dowd writes an op-ed about how thoughtful you are, and then your world opens up. That kind of right. thing. Right, I get that. Right. Okay, I get that. Well, I, Dave Colney, my producer, is very critical, but you know, I, well, I, I, I didn't, I didn't hear him ask. I didn't hear him say that. Like, why are you playing into their hands? You just criticize their his jokes. That's did, why. Did you ask him that or no? I don't. Th- I don't think I did. I mean, I think it's just the accepted that that's you know everybody knew what he was doing. But I don't know why you do. Hold uh, on. Uh, you know. What? Hang up the phone. Oh, what? wow. Hang up. Hang up. Oh, hey, man. I'm, I'm leaving. Bye. Oh, hey, Kathy. Oh, Say hi to Kathy for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Whoa. Oh, okay. Well. Yeah. So then said, <laughs> Kirk said that was a very typical Kathy experience based on his experience. Uh... I would say that she has full command of the operation and and has a keen eye um, for all potential threats and challenges um, and is a fierce protector of the franchise. Though I like her, uh, person to person, and, and, uh, and, and we've been very close to um, a kind of... Uh, partnering uh in some limited opportunities here and there oh just over the years because i like i i don't know i like those guys but how he's so good he is so crap i thought he, he on his on the podcast was fantastic so wait if i did that to you if you if the kirk minahan show called you out of the blue mm-hmm. and started asking you about something and i said get off the phone get off the phone what are you doing talking to them get off the phone would you do it uh no no, I would not do it. But but you're also not if you were the person who was uh spearheading the Tom Shattuck money making bonanza and had programming reasons, et cetera, and a whole business plan and I was uh, freelancing in in floating away from it, I would certainly give it some thought. It also could be. It also, Alice, could be this. It also could be mm-hmm. that that Howie gave her the sign, like bail me out. I don't think he ever needs I'm bailing you out. Trouble. I don't think he ever needs bailing out because he's not a he's not a wuss. But he might have had things to do, and and uh, you know. But I mean, it's not. If it was, that was great acting by her. That was so interesting. <laughs> I don't know if the, I don't know what the deal is. I don't. 
I don't know what the deal is between them and Jerry and them and 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 Kirk and them and Michael Graham years ago, but uh, <laughs> wow, that was interesting. I thought Howie was good on the podcast, though. And I thought that he yeah, I thought he was good. I thought he was funny and had a sense of humor about it. And yeah, stuff, and that was good. Yeah, he's all considering um, he's, he's like the biggest. He's the biggest name in Boston talk radio, really, for for decades, and and he has like a lion just mauled uh, political opponents and and uh, corrupt people and others. And people would, you would think would be political allies too. Here others and there. who are just in the crosshairs, yeah. Um, that. Um, just to work with him, to be his, you know, for for a while, I, you know, I worked with him at RKO and, and I was for a while, I filled in as his producer for a while as well when Sandy was sick, whatever. He is a f- totally fun guy to work for and not a, not a bit of bad attitude, open to ideas. God, he was fun to be, to be around. He was great. So, uh, wow. Excitement, Alice. We need to. You and I need a scandal. I mean, other than having the, the police called on us for the mishandling our kids and our animals, we need something going on. Yeah, here. I mean, it's bound to happen. You'll be happy to know, by the way, Allison, that uh, that your eleven mm-hmm. that your eleven refrigerator sized Amazon boxes have arrived. One cannot imagine okay. what they are, but uh, <laughs> but they're here. We're gonna have to thank the neighbors for um for uh taking care of the trash for us. Okay. Oh. Okay. But yeah, I mean I thought it was interesting and I thought it was interesting not just for that, but on the KMS show they were sort of having like a broader political conversation about like you know, both sides being the same and doing the same things and um you know, in particular, Kirk said, like, oh, look, they did the same thing to Ketanji Brown-Jackson that the left did to Kavanaugh, right? They're all the same. And I think there's truth to, like, the right acting sometimes. You know, they they have their own outrage machine. And, and certainly there's uh, even somebody like Howie isn't necessarily above, like, playing into the sort of team narrative, right? He's not, like, trying to be unbiased or, or trying to... Like, no, he's not... You, a, know, I, you yeah. know what I'm saying, right? But how he's not... You know, he he's a cheerleader for the team. And, you know, if you're not on the team or you're agnostic about the teams in general or whatever, I, I can understand why that sort of... The, the, like, outrage level sort of gets old. You know what I mean? Um, oh yeah, and, and, and to, I think the, to me, to the, me, it's, the, like, it's very old. To people who aren't into politics, right? The, to people who aren't into politics, it seems like it's always like the outrage of the day. Like, be mad about this today, and the left does it, and the right does it, and like, you know, they seem equally as absurd a lot of the time, and like. Are you still there? Just say she's a oh you dropped after liberal, you dropped right? you dropped after and like oh which one I don't know uh, well one of the um, likes so, so I don't know but but I I think that to people who are outside sort of politics and don't really cheerlead for a side necessarily that it seems like it's always the outrage machine gearing up and obviously they're trying to make a thing out of some of Kataji Brown Jackson stuff but 
I also think that um, that it's a sign of being sort of outside of politics and just sort of taking the prevailing narrative as fact. If you're going to say that the Kavanaugh hearing was the same thing as the Katanji Brown Jackson hearing, you know, at no point was she accused of running gang rape rings as a teenager. At no point did they ask for her, you know, teenage years social calendar to find out what parties she'd been to and how she acted at them. Right. That wasn't a thing that happened. The way she was treated was the same way, essentially the left treated Amy Coney Barrett, which was sort of fine and normal ginned up outrage levels, right? Uh, The Kavanaugh thing was special. And I think that it just struck me that, you know, listening to the Kirk Minahan show, which I I don't always do, but you've had it on recently and I was just in the mood driving by myself. So I put it on and, um, you know, normally they don't talk a lot about politics. So when they delve into these political conversations, it is interesting to me because they are so removed from it, sort of. You know, they yeah. talk about people who hear it on the news and don't follow it on Twitter all day. It's absolutely. <laughs> it's absolutely. I'm just watching. I'm just looking at Colin and his tweeted about all this stuff. So where are you now, Alice Shattuck? I am in Haverhill, Massachusetts. No! At this moment in time. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. I I'm going to stop doing the bad in stuff. in like 10 minutes. Well, the bridge. are you not ready for me? What the are you- bridge is out. Remember I told that blonde I'm not from going the, that way. the blonde from the Puerto Vallarta restaurant? Well. Did you go the wrong way and hit the outbridge enough to go around? You missed my quip about the blonde from, from the Puerto Vallarta restaurant, Alice. Uh, yeah, I did. <sighs> Goodness. Uh, no, I'm in uh, downtown Haverhill, Lucky. and I'm coming that way. Well, good. Oh, if you need to go to the Packy, I'd go because I, I didn't go. Well, I didn't go for you. Hello? Oh. Well, I mean. I see. Well, I mean, there's one right there next to the crappy market basket where you're more most likely to be shot. Oh, good. Okay, homie? All right. Well, I will visit that. Visit that. And if that doesn't work. For, oh, actually, it's only 8 o'clock. I forgot. It's not Sunday. <laughs> it feels like Sunday. Right, doesn't it? Well, not for you. You mm-hmm. worked all day. We got to do something about that job of yours, by the way. Are you kidding me? Jesus. Well, it was a little bit of a big week of my work. Okay, but this saying. is like... There, my the, original the, plan was not to be on your show, was to go home early in the morning today so that I'd be home already. Yeah. But, it was not my plan to stay in Connecticut all day. We needed... Uh, yeah. But, I've never seen somebody so so to- hostage to their uh, it, uh their communication equipment, their computers, etc. Are you kidding ever. me? No, I used to commute more than an hour each way to a job where I worked at least ten hours a day, and I made less money than I do now. Wow, that's thus the Amazon boxes. I'm just saying, Alice, you got to be able to. Step out of the I room. I spent an hour and, on the radio oh, with you in Alice, the middle of my work day. You spent three more hours in the radio station lobby doing work to catch up because, God forbid, that you were uh, you know weren't engaged for one period of time where this all in all the time stuff has to happen. This is the what most full time job generally mean to you because a lot of people work like you know forty full hours in a week. 
I know, but you know what they do in from 12 to 1? They schlep over to Applebee's and have a meal. You don't. Okay, well, I slept into your studio and while working. recorded an hour of radio. Right, and then panicked and while working. Oh, uh, okay, I already told you that. All right. By the way, things are so tranquil here right now. Uh, Why? I don't know, because the kids had McDonald's. The, your your dog, who is now, um, you know, the subject of a police investigation, uh, <laughs> managed to eat some chicken nuggets because she's such a great and loving member of the family and respectful to us. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we fed your chickens. And... Um, and that's it. Now I'm going to upload the podcast. Will there be will there be a YouTube uh, part of this or not? I mean, I could put it just on a logo image and upload it. Whatever you think, dear. I don't think our YouTube listeners would like to miss it. Although I know they like seeing your adorable face in yeah. the podcast. Too bad. Just use but. an old video and this audio and. Make them think. Make them think it's their computer that's screwing up. All right, I'm gonna play the music now, my dear. Okay. All right. There it is. All right, I'm not gonna be able to hear it while I'm talking. I don't Take think. My word but for it. uh, you can going. find us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod. We are also at facebookcom slash Podcast, burnbarrelpodcast.com. We're back on YouTube. We are victorious over YouTube. Uh, you can also find us on Rumble Video if you don't want to be hostage to the whims of Google to find out whether or not you can see us. Uh, and you can email us, burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com. See you soon. All right, bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.